Hello and welcome to another episode of Reviews from the Closet, the bi-weekly film podcast where three guys sit in a stuffy closet and review a film from the 90s, maybe the 80s, or even possibly the noughties. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, my name is Rudy Davis, and joined with me, as always, is the lovely Jeffrey Kipp. He started strong, hello. And the even lovelier, Rasheen Mulligan. Lovely to be here as always, thank you, Rudy. Wow, it's great to be here with you guys. Um, what have you guys been up to? What's, what's your news? Uh, my news is that today I officially got my motorbike license, Rudy Davis. Uh, yes, I've been uh, having my instructor cling to the back of me as I shift between first, second, sometimes third gear. Wow, third. Uh, yeah, so it was literally a four-day crash course and... Uh, Lo and behold, I'm still here. Didn't crash. Didn't stall too much. Got my license. Nice. It's like you're telling me what you should be saying. <laughs> yeah, no accidents. Nothing bad happened. <laughs> What's that massive bruise on the side of your face? Oh, that was from an unrelated incident. <laughs> from the walk from when I got off the bike to when I got to the house. <laughs> it was it was rather uneventful. I mean, there were a few close calls. Uh, the roads here are pretty crazy. There's a lot of kind of, if there's a red light, you're just weaving mm. in between traffic which as a novice rider on my like first day on the roads, couldn't do very well, but hey, we're here now and I've got my bloody license. <laughs> You'll get there, Jeff. I can't wait to have uh, me and Rudy tagging along in the back of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I, I want one of those sidecars. Yeah, what are they called? Right I was you, trying to think of those yeah. the day. Um, Is there a name for them, the sidecar? I've only seen car. them in Harry Potter because Hagrid has one. Yep, yep, yep. yep, is, yep, it, yep. is it called Pillion? Riding Pillion. Oh, I hope that's right. That's a lovely <laughs> little <laughs> fact to start Rudy the potty with. with Mr. Fancy vocab. <laughs> hey there, Mr. Fancy Pants. <laughs> was that in that book? <laughs> Rudy, what, what is that book? Oh, Can right, you just this, explain this to our listeners? Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm just doing a bit of just improving myself. Um, <laughs> I'm reading um, the the 80 years in print edition of uh, the only book you need to, to lead you to success by Dale Carnegie, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Wow, that was quite a build up for that title. What edition is it at now? If it's been in print for like 70, 80 years. This is just... the special anniversary edition. It's, no, got, it's got a red ribbon. It's 80 years old. It's from the 30s. 80 years yeah. old. Yeah, it's from the 30s. What? Yeah. He's been influencing people from the 30s and nothing's changed. He's the yeah. original influencer, isn't yeah. he? Pop psychology doesn't change. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. What's, uh, what's, the, what's the greatest sound in the world for any individual? Uh, Come praise. on, guys. No, praise. it's in the book. Come on. <laughs> I didn't read that part. The sound of their, their own, own name. name. Yes. Oh, Got it. Yeah. I was going to have a voice. That. Rasheen. Yeah, that is correct. Rasheen. <laughs> Wait, Jeff, you, did you know that, Jeff? Do you have to say surname as well, or is that just like too much? I, it depends on context, right, isn't it? Right. Okay, Rudy Davis. Okay. Yeah, uh, Rasheen, you been up to anything much? Rasheen Mulligan. Rasheen Mulligan. <laughs> um, today I did my big weekly shop. Oh, <laughs> much needed roughage. So, so that's why I, well, I, I saw her fridge earlier, and there is some much needed roughage. Oh, in there. there's so much roughage in there. Man, that was needed. So much greenery. Um, yeah, I'm uh, attempting attempt number 169 to become vegan. Mm. Um, so I bought lots of veggies and, and fibrous material. So this week, I mean, I must say we're kind of tackling 97's other other boat film, aren't we? Instead of Leo, we've got Jason Patrick. Instead of Kate, we've got Sandra. Instead of Jim, we've got the Dutch Jim Cameron. Jan de Bont. Of course, we are talking about Rudy. Which film? Speed 2, Cruise Control. Oh, that is sweet. Hello. That's Mr. Kinter. Oh, oh, you're back again. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to make up for last week. Ha! Ah! 
There's a lot to unpack here, Rudy. Uh, where do we start? Well, we start with Act One, don't we? Act One. Alex Shaw is on a motorcycle chasing a vehicle with stolen goods. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some swollen goods. <laughs> Alex Shaw can take down. Uh, <laughs> after he catches the driver of the vehicle, his girlfriend, Annie, runs into him during her driving test. She finds out that Alex is on the SWAT team after he lied and told her he was a beach officer. <laughs> as, as an apology, Alex surprises... As a, by, that should be by way of apology. Uh, bad Wikipedia writing. Alex surprises her with a Caribbean cruise on Seaborn Legend. Um, so what he just had the tickets on yeah, him yeah he was by ready. way of an apology if that if that was that scenario was going to happen I love how she was all flustered and uh, her, her direct quote is you can't just give me tickets to some exotic island and expect that to be alright Alex uh, yeah you can but then it is okay yeah. <laughs> I feel like this is the only moment where we know it's a sequel to Speed oh that's a nice callback Annie's doing a driving test ha 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 she couldn't drive before after that, is this no, even she, a sequel? She lost her license in Speed. That's why she right. was on the bus. Yeah, right. But then she also talks about her relationship with uh, one Mr. Keanu mm. Reeves. So they explain <laughs> away why he's not in the sequel. Exactly. Oh, we couldn't afford him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My ex-boyfriend. We couldn't afford him. <laughs> in your relationship? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of good. Um, well, just like cliches from the start. So the uh, like the lieutenant or whoever it is controlling this sting operation that right. uh, Alex Shaw is on. He, he, does, he does this literal quote. He goes, everything by the book, Alex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the moto chase is yeah. poor. Jeff, I hope you don't Well, drive as like someone that. who now does have their license, albeit quite... Uh, you were noticing all kinds of inconsistencies, <laughs> yeah. I bet. Well, like the guy does about 10 wheelies in the first chase scene. Mm. And even though it's like high stakes, high speed, Man, it is a boring chase to open the film. Like, mm. can you imagine? Obviously, going to the opening weekend or seeing this in in theaters, you've loved the first speed, and then to start with this just bore of a chase scene, it's just like, oh god. Let's put some from, action in here. Yeah, action yeah, yeah. scene, undecided. From, from the get go, it's like, oh, this 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 ain't gonna be good. Yeah. Um. But he finally does catch uh the culprit, who's what in like kind of a milk van with like boxes <laughs> falling indiscriminately from the back. And like they're just weaving in and out, in and out on his on his motorbike. He finally catches the guy, and I like that kind of the exposition to find out who Alex is comes from a reporter doing a live cross of the chase that has just ended. And the guy the guy literally says to the cross, Well, the uh, the chase ended thanks to Alex Shaw, SWAT agent. It's like what? Why are you telling everyone his name and his title direct to TV? Alex Shaw, famed protagonist, yeah. has been involved in the chase today. Pathological liar, Alex Shaw, yeah. who told his girlfriend he was a beach officer. <laughs> oh, wait, you're explaining the plot. I understand. What a poor lie as well. No, 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 no. I'm a, uh, I'm a beach lifeguard. <laughs> oh, of course. I was going to surprise you tonight, but uh, it's cruise. Caribbean. How would you describe Sandra throughout this film? I feel like she's got like a bit of a chip on her shoulder. She's got Sa like some Sandra. She's nasty. <laughs> How do you describe Sandra? <laughs> uh, it's Sandy to you. <laughs> she, she, yeah, she's just yeah. I was trying to think of the word to describe her. Yeah. Like just a real scatterbrain that would, if you were like a driving instructor, she would be the worst pupil. Mm. So I wrote in yeah in my notes, Sandra Bullock's character clearly suffering from PTSD. Ah, uh, that yeah. That might actually be. Do you think um, De Bont was going for that? 
I think it's got layers for sure. I think it's a role reversal. It's not PTSD. I think she's like got hero syndrome or something. She always feels oh, sure. she knows best. Yeah. Oh, I've been in this situation she's, before. She's I can help you out. Now. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But like, why? You were just some random woman mm. on a bus. Now you can't drive and you're going on a cruise. Like, what do you know? But let's let's be honest, Jeff. Not everyone that can't drive is nothing. Right? <laughs> You're not worthless if you don't have a driving license. The man has had a driving I'm license. I'm not saying she's worthless, yeah. but she has a chip yeah. on her shoulder, like she's a hero all of a sudden. The real hero, though, is obviously her attraction to men. Jason Patrick. <laughs> uh, just before we jump Alex, into Patrick, sure. just before we jump into those pants, <laughs> those full pants, those, those debutante pants. Just before we jump into those bulging debutante pants, Alex. Um, I liked. Sure. I really enjoyed the driving instructor. I thought that was a very well drawn character, and <laughs> yeah. to show he was like an officious jobsworth, he had about five pens in his shirt pocket. Because that's yeah, that, that's yeah. a movie signifier for Jobsworth. He's ready to notate. It yeah, he's either moment. like lab geek or like public sector Jobsworth. <laughs> Jobsworth Pen, pens in pocket. Jobsworth of the movie. Oh, and he had a clipboard as well. Mm -hmm. and he kept like holding his head. Classic. Since we last saw Annie, some things have changed. This almost seems too perfect, doesn't it? Some things. Want me to step on your feet? Haven't. We've got the tickets to the cruise. Off we pop. Does anyone remember the name of the cruise? Seaborn Legend. Yeah, it's pretty unforgettable, isn't it? Annie takes her 90 sunglasses to the cruise. With those thin eyebrows, yeah. Next time we see her, it's a very classic cruise scene. There's reggae playing in the background. Calypso. Yeah, they paid, they paid for a chopper to They're... fly around the boat. Really get that stern in shot. <laughs> and I'm not talking about Alex Shaw. <laughs> Although he's got a good stern. <laughs> well, this is the first film to feature his stern. Well, uh, are you more into this... his stern or his bow? <laughs> Rudy, you know I'm a stern man. Please. <laughs> well, we get our first glance of the villain. Mm. The antagonist. One Mr. John Geiger. Geiger. Played by uh, Willie Defoe. Big Willie Defoe. Can I ask, where is Willem Defoe from? Does anyone know this? America? <laughs> I feel like he's going to be Canadian. He's going to be like a secret Canadian. Maybe he's Australian. Maybe, Maybe he's I'd one know. of yours. Maybe he was an Aussie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I wouldn't know. All right, I'm William Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> it's Willem. You might recognise me from Spider-Man. <laughs> Speed suit. <laughs> Cruise control. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all Willie Dafoe. Oh, he's made it big over there in Hollywood. Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I don't think he's Aussie, though. Um, so, so John Geiger, he he hacks into the, the, the computer's... The mainframe. The mainframe. <laughs> yeah, the mainframe. I have that written down as well. And then says, it's activated. So the... the activated. The device is helpfully... Um, has a lot of dialogue throughout the movie. So the device actually tells us through words on the screen what stage of exploding it's, it's very at. Helpful. Armed. Yeah. Armed. <laughs> Activated. Disarmed. It just tells us. It's it's a very helpful Bad. plot device. Bad, <laughs> Bad device. Although straight away we do get some protagonist antagonist back and forth. So, so we get the right? foe coming mano a mano with mm -hmm. sure, don't we? On, we on do. Because um uh, Geiger, as he's known, is dressing down that poor hapless uh, servant. Where are my golf clubs? God damn it! <laughs> and um, old Alex Shaw can never take a day off, can he? No, no, no. He, uh, Always he, on. he says to himself, "Now, why would a man need golf clubs on a cruise?" Which is a good question. Yeah. To to which um, Sandra, <laughs> Sa <laughs> Sandy, please. Oh, oh, for goodness' sake, take a day off. Yeah, she's she's had it up to here with him. 
hasn't she? This is their holiday. We also get a little glimpse of a little lady known as Drew, or as I refer to her in my notes, Deaf Girl. Deaf Girl, yeah. Deaf yeah. Girl one. Mm -hmm. yeah. Deaf Girl number one. A um, little bit of... She didn't do her own stunts. <laughs> Famously. I would say a little bit of flirtation between him, uh, her and uh, Alex Shaw at one point. It looks like they're sort of flirting <clears throat> and then he ends up being able to speak sign language mm. and Annie's really impressed. Because he's the perfect catch. He's, mm. He is such a catch. Um, and she is... Well, she's destined to come into the plot later down the line for reasons unknown. Yeah, there's not much chemistry between old Sandy and Jason Patrick. But mm -hmm. I feel like at this moment when they're at dinner and he's doing the old sign language, you know, how's your uncle? Mm. This is the only moment where I believed, like, oh, maybe they would have children in the future. Like, Sandra yeah. had, like, this sparkle in her eye for the only kind of moment that I believed to Well, but then he starts quite... getting the ring out from his pocket mm -hmm. and then mm -hmm. uh, has, yeah. has second thoughts. Yeah, she why? a couple of off comments. He's, he just kind of has cold feet, doesn't he? Mm. Mm -hmm. Not helped by the boat emergency that soon happens, no? Mm. Not, not helped by that foreboding of the guy that didn't have his golf clubs. <laughs> he destroys the ship's communication systems and kills the captain, throws him off board. Um, that's when the emergency is, is declared. Then we've got to get on to evacuating yeah. this two, cruise liner. Come. Act two. So act two, well, act two starts with the foreboding Calypso music. <laughs> <laughs> like a shadow is coming over the boat. And, the saddest um, <laughs> steel drums you'll ever hear. So old uh, old Geiger um, sets off some sulfur to, to make it look like, the, like there's some fires on the boat and all the fire alarms start going off. So uh, the first officer, uh, because the uh, that hapless captain's been thrown overboard, then uh, gets a phone call from old Geiger, tells him to abandon ship because he, he's cut the communication. Um, that's, the, that's the only thing to do. So the guy sets the alarm. Everyone starts running for the boats. But old Alex has got a nose for mischief, hasn't he? Doesn't he just? He goes, wait, this smells like sulfur. <laughs> Maybe it's in the golf clubs. Maybe it's the... <laughs> if my senses tell me anything, <laughs> it's that those golf clubs contain sulfur. <laughs> this has got something to do with those golf clubs. <laughs> I knew I should have looked into those damn golf clubs. <laughs> I did quite like when the emergency eventuated over dinner and uh, the ship is just rumbling a little bit as it does. It's an earthquake. No, it can't be. We're at sea. There oh. were just some nice little little bit bit characters yeah, throughout they, this. Uh, yeah, they? because they tried to like bring in those like some little bit of character development <laughs> during that scene because they right. then come back as runners. Right. Those um, there's guests. like a few couples, isn't and there? And it was like a very hallucinatory scene. It was like very oddly <laughs> shot that whole dinner scene. I didn't really get the so the vibe. I can't remember where I read this, um, but <laughs> a very good point was made that like. Because Speed 2 is set on a cruise, cruise which, is, which is a famously slow-moving vehicle, it's just not very exciting. Like, mm. it, Speed 1, obviously, it's a bus going mm. at, what, 90 miles per hour or something. And Speed 2 is just, <laughs> it's very slowly moving towards an oil tanker. <laughs> there I mean, is no excitement. It's not heart racing at all. It's like, there's no investment. Right. Yeah. Although, furthermore, then, what other vehicle would you set this on to make it a bit more heart racing? But, a speedboat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, true. Speed speedboat control. two. <laughs> you can't use speed twice in the title. Speed two. Speed control. What? <laughs> or like, um, what could it be? Like a a plane? 
Could be a plane. A plane's quite nice, but then Con Air kind of took that one, didn't oh. it? Yeah, there's a few big plane movies, isn't there? I do the feel movies. like they made this entire film based on the subtitle. Oh, no, no, it was based <laughs> on the Bont dream. He kept having a dream about a boat crashing into an island. Ah, this and is pure so, De Bont. Yeah, and so that's why he got $100 million <laughs> oh to make God. this type of film. Well, that's actually Guys, I've I, had a dream. I wanted to actually question why this was greenlit. So it was like the original Speed from 94 was a sleeper hit. I believe the budget was $30 million and it made like 10 times that, over $300 million. So yeah, like good return on investment. Mm. But some films just, it's inherent in the actual concept of the original that there's no sequel. There should not be a sequel. And I feel like speed is one of those things. The conceit is that it's a bus that can't stop. Mm. Couldn't okay, slow awesome. down. Mm. And then like it had a really nice end. Like It was all kind of tied up nicely. I don't care what Sandra Bullock is doing on her holiday with her nice, handsome new boyfriend. Mm. Like It's just like a pointless sequel. And furthermore, did we even feel like this was a sequel to Speed at any point? No. no. Yeah, and well, and the point about her being on holiday with her, well, maybe yeah. fiance, who's maybe going to propose, that that kind of kills that plot as well. Because like the interesting thing of Speed, and in like most generic Hollywood films, is that there's a love interest that gets nurtured throughout the film, and they get together at the end. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Speed Two, it's like, oh, we're already dating, but we're just like in this kind of awkward phase where we might then <laughs> seven months engaged. in yeah like I don't, like there's nothing interesting about the seven month in period of relationship <laughs> yeah. that's not an interesting subplot of any film at this point if we're critiquing um, the oh, wait, uninterestingness if we're, if we're going into the other holes of the movies <laughs> um, I would like to bring up the villain and his motives does anyone remember? Yeah, he what? got sacked by. So he was the computer programmer yeah. that built the that built the software for the Seaborn Legend, uh, and they sacked him. <laughs> they sacked him because he got like lead poisoning or something. He got copper, copper poisoning. poisoning. Yeah, and got sick, and they they sacked him. Yeah, which so would obviously... never happen. In like, oh, if you're working for a cruise liner in IT development, you'd be like <laughs> a pretty like protected job, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's and it's just such a bad motive. Like, why would that send you into such a spiral that you would then sabotage the cruise to crash into an oil tanker? Well, unless it was like it doesn't follow. Unless it was like tapping into that kind of nineties fascination with like nerds. Mm-hmm. Like he was a disgruntled computer Quite. nerd and had to get his like his own back. But then <clears throat> you wouldn't cast the foe as a disgruntled IT nerd. No, mm, I do have a point to make here though. So during the dinner scene. It was kind of just like a throwaway part, but they were also showing off these diamonds, these lovely bracelets that's and necklaces. Right. Ah, so when which, Defoe, he then, which he does then still. Exactly. Yeah. When Defoe initiated But that's not his motive, the, though. His motive is getting back at the company. Yeah, but he, he was also very invested in that little backpack, which held all the, all the jewellery throughout the film. Right. So that's actually what happens during this evacuation scene, right? And... Uh, in like one of the probably the most like unnecessary evacuation scenes of the film. Oh, so boring. The the passengers minus the deaf girl who's actually gone missing have been shepherded into this kind of evacuation vehicle ready to 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 be led off to sea. And for some reason Patrick has to jump on it and well, save the well, day. The winch jams for no the winch reason. Jams, they just had course. to put like a dramatic No, not the winch. Scene. Yeah. Oh my god. We've only got two backup winches. <laughs> Use them. No, no, no. I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll no, no, no. You save those winches. <laughs> Think of the insurance costs. <laughs> it's already going to be astronomical. <laughs> it's always insurance with you, Rudy. Always back up here. Oh, I can't stop thinking about insurance. Yeah. Rudy, oh my um, god, this would be a nightmare to cover. Rudy 
if if I was a passenger on the Seaborn Legend when this happened, what would I be covered for? Act of God. Act, um, <laughs> you, you'd Always be, jump to so Act we, of God. Uh, you would get a specialist cruise add-on, cruise cover, <laughs> and you would get um, you get like cabin confinement cover. If if you were ill or injured, or there was a problem with the ship's motor, which meant you couldn't enjoy your pre-booked purchases and packages, you'd get a you get a per diem. A per diem. Yeah, per diem. You get like a thirty dollar per diem. Okay. Do you know what a per diem is? No, but I want one. <laughs> it's a. If it's, it's worth it's thirty dollars. It's a daily allowance to cover basic expenses. Oh, great! A per diem is Latin for per day. Ah, oh, <laughs> I like that. Thank you, Rudy. But the cruise <laughs> is ruined. Yeah, but you get a per diem to like cover your loss of your <laughs> Didn't loss. Didn't you it, hear about the per diem? Yeah. Didn't you hear about the per diem? <laughs> How many more times does Rudy have to say per diem? It covers a per diem covers loss of enjoyment. <laughs> Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You can't put a monetary value on well, a ruined Bahamas cruise, Rudy. The per diem. <laughs> I value it at $30 a day. <laughs> um, only $30 a day. <laughs> but, sir, my all-you-can-drink buffet was $50. But I've lost my, my priceless jewels. <laughs> no, we only cover loss of enjoyment, not loss of actual priceless jewels. <laughs> All right, so... But um, just quickly, back to that sequence. Back to, no, but back to insurance. <laughs> back to the boat marriage. That is so dull. Like, like I think, Rudy, as we were watching this scene, you were saying, there's just no tension whatsoever. No tension. Mm. It's like 15 minutes drawn well, out. Of and these and people, for some reason, will, there's they a guy, like, hanging off the edge of the lifeboat. He's not explained how he got there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then old uh, have-a-go-hero Alex has to jump in and save him, doesn't he, for no reason? Just to impress Annie. Mm. Well, then Annie uses the, the ship's gangplank oh, to get the power of her femininity <laughs> this is what I mean Annie feels like she just like steps into a lot of these situations and kind of helps out but like how she's a strong powerful woman yeah, Jeff don't question it uh, woman. Mm. Yeah, fair. they can't change course seems odd yes it is odd they're abandoning ship in the middle of the night they can't stop you want somebody find the captain and they can't the captain is dead get off after this drawn out sequence everyone actually just comes back on board don't they they mm. winch it back up uh yeah so for some reason they you know what nah. they half put it down and then bring it back up <laughs> and they just added 20 minutes for that for that whole scene oh my guys, god guys we got that... really carried away there didn't we <laughs> that i didn't even that didn't even register but that that scene was completely unnecessary, unnecessary to the plot yeah. wow so post pointless submarine scene he knows <laughs> what was that <laughs> post pointless submarine scene yeah alex knows actually who like it's it's already resolved who the baddie is and he goes straight to his room he's like sulfur golf clubs all right take me to room 302 <laughs> mm. we also quickly discover in the closet that there is that really hapless but very helpful uh, what do you call him like a bus boy like steward uh, uh, yeah what, what, are, what are they on a boat though yeah I don't boat, boat, a boat boy boat boy <laughs> Geiger, at this point, remotely detonates the explosives inside the room. And then that's when Annie notices people are, are trapped behind the doors and she gets that. She gets a chainsaw out. So I think this is just very heavy handed. Annie's a powerful woman. She's independent. She doesn't need no man because she can use a chainsaw. Um, but she's still a ditz. And so when she cuts open this door with the chainsaw, she's like holding it in one of the passengers faces he's like get that thing Dirt away from me what she's like what get it away from me what 
because she can't be too smart. She's no, no. she can be powerful, but Time she definitely place. can't be smart. So, God, can I just say it's so hard to pick out points of the plot Isn't it in just, this yeah, movie yeah, yeah. because the narrative it, is just the yeah. narrative is all over the place. It make it has no sense to it at all. There is one thing I think could tie us together here, team, mm. which is if we take it to the brig, <laughs> take him to the brig, <laughs> <laughs> take him to the brig. Um, I personally love every person in this brig and there's a lot of 90s tech there's a lot of an international crew deck yeah. might I say there's uh, there's the navigator uh, Merced yeah. the Scottish guy my personal favourite was Juliano which is a very Italian name for a very Maori man the Kiwi he's, he's, yeah he's the Kiwi guy played by Temura Morrison I was really freaking out just hearing a Kiwi accent a Scottish accent like all yeah, just, but, but um, it's, it's quite, shipping is very international. Well, this you always get very international crews on ships. Just, yeah. just a quick little tidbit. I imagine it's quite an international cruise. Yeah, so that's, yeah, that's quite nice. Jean de Bont. At this point, I guess, Jason really warms to the inexplicably he, Scottish man. Who's Jason? <laughs> Jason Patrick, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I see chemistry. We're on, yeah, between me and Jason. <laughs> We're on a first name basis. No, so he, he kind of bonds with the Scotsman more than Sandy. Yeah, Sandy's got a bit of a stick up his ass, isn't he? Sandy does? Yeah. In what way? Uh, no, sorry, the first the first mate. Ah, the Scotsman. Uh, oh, no, no, my the God. This oh. is too, this well, is the too much. The Kiwi is... So, the Hul- ki- <laughs> so he's the first the, mate. The, the traditional Kiwi name, Juliano. Yeah, Juliano is the first mate. <laughs> right, so we've got Juliano, yes. who's the first mate. But he's now effectively the captain because he yeah, has exactly. to fulfill but those duties. You're the captain, the captain of this ship now. <laughs> yeah. I am the captain of this ship. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the captain now. I am the captain now. <laughs> we had Merced, who was the navigator. The who was the friendly Scotsman. Is that, and, that, so and that was then. the entire crew. <laughs> yeah. I really want to control this too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, basically, computers run cruise ships these days. <laughs> We're just here to sit at the, the That's captain's why table. we sack the first sickness that the computer programmer gets. <laughs> We're just here for the photos at dinner time. <laughs> yeah, but for some reason, uh, it probably is explained in the film, albeit badly. But the Scotsman and Alex run away together to the stern, don't they? To elope. <laughs> they elope to the chapel. The stern. <laughs> if we're going down, I'm going to marry the Scotsman. The chapel's in the bow. Get down there. <laughs> Sorry, this is actually what it brought me to before with the deaf girl where she comes back. So, she does. Uh, She's the witness Alex. of the marriage. <laughs> But she couldn't hear anything, so she was legally. I'm sorry, yeah, what? She legally couldn't be the witness. Same-sex marriages in the nineties. No, no, yeah. we can't. Well, and she it. was. She had a very conservative dad who would have been really anti. Yeah. yeah. Well, if he didn't like her snazzy shoes, yeah. I don't think he likes the snazzy gay couple. Same-sex marriage. <laughs> Calypso dancing. <laughs> I've been on a gay crew this whole time. Computer cycle. <laughs> He had to get the smelling salts out there, that 90s dad. I've been in worse situations than this, and panicking does not help, trust me. Alex's harebrained idea to slow the boat down is actually to let water in. Which is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's like sink good. slowly sink the boat. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're gonna like you got to think of the Seaborn legend at this time. You got to think of the insurance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's not a car; it's a cruise line. So this is where we realise he has video feed to. Is it the bow or the stern at the back? Uh, the stern. The stern, which he decides to flood with the Scotsman. Lo and behold, as soon as he decides to flood the stern, Def Girl appears. Defcon one. We're taking this to Defcon one. My suggestion, if I were a producer at this time, although I would have been about four years old, every time we see the Def Girl, have the whole soundtrack and the film mute. 
What do you think about that? At that, uh. but with somewhere over the rainbow playing. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Mm. But yeah, they just need a bit more tension because, like, there's a lot of action scenes, but there's no tension. That could have been just a nice little device. Also, yeah. it would have been nice because famously underwater, you mm. can't hear. You can't hear people scream. So it could yeah. have been a nice parallel, kind of. Yeah. Um. So speaking of water. Speaking of, it's on a boat. <laughs> Cruise control. Um. So again. Because I can't really remember the thread or plot of this movie. Yes. Um, it's just reduced to a series of disparate bits. Correct. Um, As so, all good movies are. So one bit I remember is William Defoe coming up on 16 TV monitors and explaining <laughs> his plan. Oh, that was um, nice. Can yeah. anyone explain yeah. to me at what point of the movie right. that so features let's, in? Let's just state the obvious. He saves the deaf girl and the ship hasn't sunk yet. So we then cut back to Jason Alex Jason Jason <laughs> Alex Alex Shaw Alex, Alex Patrick Alex Patrick Shaw. Alex Alex the the 90s heartthrob he's been in about three films Jason Patrick he actually locates one Willem and they you know give chase and then yeah it goes basically back to the ballroom and Willem Dafoe Geiger, for some reason, decides to film himself. Geiger. Basically on the ship's intercom, but also projected on nine plasma t- plasma screen TVs, which obviously uh, Alex Shaw can see and hear. It's, quite, and it's a, just, quite an effect. It's just really zoomed in on his face, isn't it? There's Here's like, my evil plan. Yeah. And there's the amount of like real extreme close-ups on... on actors' faces we yeah. get in this film. It's pretty intense. The camera it? work was weird. It's yeah. just a, a lot of close-up on the actors' faces, which is unsettling if it tends to be William Defoe's face. Well, it was quite interesting. During the film, we were kind of guessing Defoe's age at this point. How old was he? 38? Timeless. Timeless. Oh, yeah, he was 42, correct. We're in our 40s. I don't think he was born. I think he sprung from the rocks <laughs> like a hawk. I feel like this is what got him the Green Goblin job. Because he was a great... I, I am going to say he was a great villain in this. Really badly written character, but he pulled yeah, it off. Yeah, no, good villain. a good character actor. Good villain. Good, good villain, yeah. Mm. He was probably the strongest part of this film, no? Uh, I've, a deaf girl one for me. <laughs> I'd say the amount of money um, spent on the boat CGI mm, was the strongest part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, I'd say correct. the soundtrack. Oh, the, the Calypso soundtrack. soundtrack yeah. Which was released... What, 13, 13 years, years after, after the movie came for out? The We're getting so much demand. <laughs> <laughs> the phones are ringing off the hook. <laughs> but what was the soundtrack? Like, why would they Calypso. decide to release the foreboding Calypso Crime at Sea soundtrack? <laughs> Calypso <laughs> Greatest Hits. This summer, he's taking us right into an oil tanker. Man! If you didn't catch the bus... Oh, oh, let's bust the transmission like a car, because I've I, I done that. You won't want to miss... After we see Defoe's big face on the big screen, you can probably guess he escapes. Nothing really of consequence happens throughout this film until (laughs) the third act really begins, right? Act three. Act three. The sun has broken. Basically, the only difference between act two and act three is that it's daylight and we're heading towards big immovable objects. Although the first immovable (laughs) object is actually movable, an oil tanker. (laughs) The, the first immovable, movable object. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what, who is manning the radio systems in this bloody port or that's, this area? That's uh, your they, concern. Well, yes, yes. They tell you know, but, the oil tanker they're on their way. But the, the oil tanker pick it up on their radar, don't they? 
Yes. It's like, wait, this can't be. <laughs> Just like avert your eyes maybe forward and you'll see in the distance the Seaborn legend. But um, an oil tanker famously does take a very long time to turn around, isn't it? Mm. Trying to turn around an oil tanker is an analogy used often in business. In the insurance. In can, insurance. Can you give me some context, please? Uh, so, like, when when businesses go under and directors are grilled, like, why don't you see this coming? Why don't you try and change the company? They'll say, well, trying to change a big corporation is like trying to churn around an oil tanker. Wow. I'm going to use that when my company goes down. Can, can what we company is that? Oh, I've got a company. <laughs> oh, you this, better believe it. This is the company. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the third act is, is really where the crux of the... The plot occurs, uh, heading towards the immovable, movable object that is the oil tanker off the coast of San Martin. Now, this is where we get submerged. We we get right under there. We this go is, under yeah. the boat's underface. <laughs> we get to really see every surface and every side of this boat, didn't we? I was waiting to see the undercarriage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I thought it was really cute. Jason Patrick dons like a really tiny scuba outfit. Like the, the, obviously he's like, the idea is he's heading under there to entangle the ship's rudder, therefore making it immovable yet movable. And he goes down and it's just such a, like, there's so many stupid, pointless action scenes in this. And this is just another one. I mean, whose fucking idea was it to be like, oh yeah, let's just like send him down there. It's moving at 30 knots an hour, but let's just put him down with some rope. like, eh? if he got sucked into the slipstream, <laughs> yeah. he would just go straight into the pedal blades. And the only, the only thing he had from certain death was Sandra Bullock with a rope yeah. Un- unbeknownst to her where he is in the water just like okay I'm gonna like let it's, you up now it's, it's okay I'm a, I'm a strong 90s lead <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold Willem comes out of nowhere doesn't he with oh, a gun little, in hand he jam stamp. he jams the winch <laughs> literally jams the winch um yeah, so we've got the return of the winch here. Um, Geiger jams it. Alex is still underwater, and that causes it to to break off the ship and free the cable. Uh, and then Geiger comically takes Annie hostage and runs off with her. <laughs> yeah, doing out. that noise. So we're still very, very slowly drifting. <laughs> Towards the to- immovable, towards immovable tanker. T- <laughs> Speed two, drift control. <laughs> Speed two, just grifting. Grifting. <laughs> just grifting. <laughs> this is, I think, where the real money comes into it. Now, this movie did cost a lot of money. Um, cost- do you know how much? <laughs> yes, I do, because I've got the page in front of me. Uh, yeah, it was um, $110 million. That is an expensive film for the but, 90s, man. Uh, Damn. And Speed was only 30 million. Yeah, exactly. What? Really? Yeah, the success of Speed. They, they had this massive budget. No they way. They it at this price. Quadruple the budget and quadruple the size of the Quadruple the speed. On. Yes, sir. <laughs> 20 nuts. <laughs> so wait, what's that in miles an hour? Uh, like 100? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. Don't put that on the poster. Um, literally, I mean, at this point, they are just drifting, drifting, drifting towards the oil tanker they did have some success with like shutting down one half of of the rudder right so that's that's actually how they start to turn without their without their turning capabilities Uh, so lo and behold i mean what seemed to us mere mortals as a silly plan actually does turn the ship before it hits the oil wow it yeah, it nicks the it side kinda, of the oil kinda tanker. Ter- yeah. well, and which is actually 
I would say you can definitely tell that they put a lot of money into this scene just for the sheer length of it. Like there's no reason for the length of that scene to for to be so long. So it shows the boat skidding into the oil tanker, skidding the side of it, I would say for a good two minutes while everyone on board, yeah, going, ah, all the actors yeah, are yeah. pretending to, to be shook around. Ah! It's a tsunami. <laughs> and I think this is where it started to grab my attention, finally, the movie, well mm-hmm. into the third act. Because mm-hmm. uh, we finally got some friggin' action and not just people jumping off the boat and then jumping back on. Well, and better yet, we skid from one scenario straight into St. Mm. Nevis. Out of the oil tanker into, into the island. That's the island name. As they say. Ben I Nevis. Think, I'm ben Nevis. <laughs> I think it's St. Nevis. St. Kitts and Nevis, isn't it? I don't think it's Kitts and Nevis. No. Oh, apologies to my what listeners am I, there. What am I thinking of? St. Martin. St. Martin. Oh, no. Disappointed in myself yeah, for that it's, one. Yeah, it's St. Martin. This is obviously... Obviously, the best part of the film. I actually started to enjoy it once again. This this part started. Yeah, me too. So, like for me, the first half of Speed Two was so bad, it's good. You know, after that, it was just fucking bad. But then, as soon as we're on route to the port, phew, baby, and it starts the, again. The prospect of everyone on board dying—that's yeah, yeah, when yeah. I got really into it. Yeah. Mm. And the historic port of Saint Martin's just getting absolutely decimated, S- smashed. So the it avoids the oil tanker and then what in what is possibly a worse scenario <laughs> crashes into oh thank god we've saved the lives of those two oil rig men <laughs> those two lonely oil those, rig men those who two surly sailors <laughs> <laughs> um so it crashes into the island yeah. of st martin st martin correct um, <laughs> finally um Probably, I would say killing dozens yeah, of people. Because the, the death toll was very, was very like slapdash, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like banana skin. Like those divers died. Like there's a guy getting out of his car that died. But it just like, it just plowed on. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. It didn't show like the consequence any of the deaths. Yeah, but the, forget about the consequence. The plowing was so damned entertaining. At one point, I don't know if you remember, there was a water skier or a jet skier. Yeah. He like just went straight into the boat. Oh, I didn't see that huge cruise ship there. And at another point, they just go straight into a yacht and it ex- inexplicably it explodes. explodes. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I shouldn't have stored all my petrol on that yacht. Um, the speedboat also... Doesn't a speedboat fly into a bell tower yeah. at one point? <laughs> trying, to avoid, yeah. trying to avoid the cruise. So, the speedboat... How does that happen? Yeah, man. I mean, as we should know at this point, uh, the boat is not going to stop. And it is just plowing straight in and goes straight into that port without hesitation. And my, oh my, oh my... That was a payoff worth two hours waiting for, wasn't it? And, and then, uh, and then wait, I don't remember this, but just reading the plot synopsis, at some point, Geiger escapes in a seaplane, but then crashes into the oil tanker. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember that. I think we might put a pin in that. Okay, because sorry. Because we do get to that. We're still at the island destruction. We're, st- we're still so. at the most expensive set piece of its time. Rudy, how much did this cost, this part? I think it was like 20 mil. 20 Ooh. mil. Well, um, so, so the Bond wanted to create and destroy an actual town <laughs> and he didn't want to use scale <laughs> models or CGI because he wanted to provide a sense of realism for the actors <laughs> and the audience. <laughs> so he spent 20 million pounds constructing a 35 um, building set. 
within uh, St. Martin, which was then destroyed by a um, hurricane, <laughs> which struck the Caribbean before filming, and they had oh, to rebuild the set no. and oh destroy it again for the actual film. So they had that to build hilarious. to destroy, yeah. to build to destroy. They did the build to destroy, the build to destroy. Yeah. Oh my God, the bomb just went mad with power. So he, speed mad was with money. Speed yeah. was his first film, and obviously a smash hit. Like, I feel like he just kind of got lucky and just went with it. No, I mean he he had. He had the runway to go with it and just, mm. just went huge. I mean, props to him. Fuck, if they're going to throw money at the situation and want you to make a pointless sequel, go big or go home. Just build two pointless villages and destroy them. Respect. That's crazy shit. I cannot believe that was done for Speed 2 Cruise Control. But, and as I've said previously, damn, that scene was great. It was a good scene. Yeah. I mean, far out, man. It was cool. And you could tell, like, it. you could tell they had done it correctly and, and done it. You could tell that cost... 20 million dollars <laughs> yeah yeah that one scene alone. the port's ripping up that little boy's house just gets absolutely destroyed and that guy runs out of 7-eleven he goes no my car yeah 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 that's right my and car. the anchor just goes straight yeah. on that convertible yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. but i mean lo and behold after all that cash is splashed around and all that noise and all that destruction mm. we have docked we have but the action ain't over people Oh God! It really should have ended there, but yeah. as we as we know, uh, we've got a wild Willem Dafoe on the loose with a Sandy Bullock in 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 tow on so a plane. The, so this is the seaplane, which I legend do not <laughs> remember. The seaplane legend. <laughs> I can forgive you for not remembering this kind of like epilogue, which ties up the main plot but it really just feels like an afterthought also, after the boat has like stopped why has he hijacked annie uh i mean he likes the look of her doesn't he does it is that why oh because oh, it's she, a bit pervy isn't it yeah and she was hijacked at the end of speed wasn't she she was mm. she had like a bomb vest i like. wanted to say i guess this is a callback yeah i mean it's a it's a speed sequel with not many like references mm. but in the end of speed one uh Jack does have to fight him on a train, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and she's wearing the bomb vest. Uh, yeah, yep, 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 yep. yep. Mm. So, I mean, luckily there's a kind Caribbean man who uh, helps out with the boat situation. Oh, that's which right. Which Alex Shaw commandeers. And very quickly we have kind of a boat plane chase. There's a couple, a, a Caribbean man and his date. Mm. Yeah, I wanted to know more about that. I wanted more there. backstory yeah. there, yeah. They... Seem to have a lot of chemistry. More yeah. chemistry than Sandra Bullock and Jason Patrick, that's for sure. Um, yeah, and they inadvertently get get uh, tagged along to this boat chase. Hey, man. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was my, yeah, that was my that Caribbean. Can, wow. Was that? <laughs> it was something. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so they're like, uh, I mean, please continue. I actually genuinely can't really remember. So, obviously, Alex Action Man, sure catches up to the plane just as it takes off doesn't he have like i believe the way he gets onto the boat he uses a spear fisherman's spear gun shoots the plane and reels himself bloody in just as the plane's taking off it's quite an amazing feat of strength after fighting a computer psycho for about 12 hours on the sea this man just has energy for days doesn't he that's crazy shit he reels himself in Gets onto the wing of the plane, gives Sandra a little kiss, oh. and punches Willem in the square in the face. In the back of the head. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now we get back to 
well, the part we've uh, all been so heavily invested in for the whole movie, which is uh, Annie and Alex's relationship. Obviously, that's why we're all here. We want to see what happens oh, with those gonna, tickets. Is he going to engage or not? Is he uh. going to commit? Is he going to finally do it? She Is she going to nab her man? And lo and behold, she does. Um, they travel back to the shore uh, in a boat. And he uh, gives her the engagement ring. He proposes to her, asking, um, well, he says to her, maybe just to wear for a while. Mm, that's nice. Because God forbid a man should show his emotions in the 90s. That's so unsexy. After a disaster. <laughs> mm. um, this film was how long? Two hours. Yeah, touch over two. Yeah, a bit over two. Two Felt way hours longer, though. of my life. Do you think there was a good film hiding in here or was just from the get-go this going to be a two? I think if you've got it on a cruise and it's called Speed, I mean, there's just something that's not going to work there. It needed to be on mm. a faster moving vehicle. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, a, a train would have been a good... A train would have a been nice. A runaway train. Yeah. Yeah. Derailment is always quite scary too. Like, oh, oh, speed two, derailment. And there's a, and, and there's a murder on board. Oh, like um, <laughs> the like murder a, on the yeah, Orient Express. Exactly, it could be yeah. an Agatha Christie yeah, like who, crossover. Who done it? A speed who done it? Yeah. So at the same time, we have to make sure the train doesn't go below fifty miles an hour, or else the bomb goes off. We also have to solve this murder. <laughs> right? Ooh. I think the film should be one or the other. No, <laughs> it's both. I am Debont. <laughs> I have made two smash speed films. <laughs> I have twenty million dollars yeah. to spend on two seconds yeah. of this movie. <laughs> Um, yeah, a train's not a bad shout, you know. Oh, mm. a train would be so and, good. Oh god, I, I just lo- like just traveling on trains. I love that confined atmosphere of traveling on a train. Yeah. You love the claustrophobia uh, of a train. Oh, just, the possibilities, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh. the tension. Although that was kind of done with. Have you ever seen the movie Source Code? Yeah, mm. that was great. Yeah, that that's a ooh, that's a like good that, really. train. I mean, I mean there, there is a lot. There are quite a few train movies out. There. <laughs> <laughs> we should have a train movie podcast. All right. uh, can I just say, I would have loved to be in theaters or talk to people in '97 when, like, the first information and trailers for Speed Two was coming out. It would have seemed like seemed like a joke, no? Like, Speed Two cruise, cruise control. Oh, they're on a cruise. Oh, they're making a Speed yeah. Two on a fucking boat. Yeah, like, but even to this know, bloody day, I, I can't believe it. Ninety-seven, you'd be so giddy still from the success. Exactly, because yeah. yeah. when yeah. when I was a kid, that was I think four I said years this to after you guys. Speed, you'd be like, yeah. oh, I can't believe Speed was only four years ago. Yeah, so yeah. I am pretty sure when I was watching this movie, I started to like remember having it on maybe video. And I think I was like quite excited to have Speed Two yeah, I was on video I it from Blockbuster I because it was like, like yeah. ooh, big action movie. It's like a maybe a PG thirteen or something With like that. Jason Patrick, yeah. J- Jason Patrick. <laughs> it's like it Willem w- Dafoe. <laughs> when you're a kid, if you <laughs> what is this, Martin? The next Blockbuster. <laughs> <laughs> if you get the sense that something's supposed to be a blockbuster yeah, yeah, when yeah. you're a child, yeah. you will just go along exactly. with it and believe You've it's got an no amazing blockbuster. Whatsoever. Exactly. That film was so good. Yeah. yeah. Wow, so many explosions. <laughs> We're gonna cry. What did the critics? Well, I've got they that right it. here. Let me absolutely let it. me give you an excerpt from I guess the consensus view. Laughable dialogue, thin characterization unsurprisingly familiar plot wait, devices. Wait, you're saying in such an upbeat way that the inclusion's going to be uh, a, a great family romp all the way home. <laughs> a high seas adventure. <laughs> and action sequences that fail to generate any excitement. The critics give it 4%. 
four. Yeah, that's pretty percent rotten on Rotten Tomatoes. Fucking yeah, hell. That's horrendous. Um, Speed two, four percent. <laughs> Ru- Rudy, do you have any critic critical acclaim? Uh, well, Ro- Roger Roger Ebert famously uh, loved it. He backed it, didn't he? he? Backed it, famously. Yeah. Famously. <laughs> yeah, that was Ro- on his tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> Is he dead? <laughs> He's dead. Yeah. yeah. Speed two, Speed 2 was a misunderstood film. <laughs> you want that you know, on your tour? What did he call it? What did he say about Speed 2? Uh, he called it a truly rousing ocean liner adventure story. I am roused. Mm. <laughs> you are truly roused. I am so roused. People play their favourite song at that funeral. Maybe he played his favourite movie, Speed 2 Coast okay. Control, he played at the, the wake. foreboding Calypso music. <laughs> <laughs> Well, boys, that's all I got. Yeah, I mean, Speed 2 Cruise Control. I am a swashbuckling adventure on fi- on film, wasn't it? Swashbuckling? It was sea. Were there pirates involved? The swashbuckling automatically oh, denote pirates? I, I'm surprised they didn't throw in some pirates. Have well, I misunderstood that my whole entire life? That, <laughs> that saying? I'm going to describe everything from <laughs> now on. Everything on water. Everything on water. No? <laughs> that meeting was uh, truly swashbuckling. <laughs> Is that in the book, Rudy? <laughs> that was a swashbuckling podcast. Jeff Kett. <laughs> and I really value it. <laughs> I swear I am never leaving the house again. I would recommend, though, I mean, as an exercise in hilarious 90s film that should not exist. Oh, it does exist. And it should be viewed. <laughs> that would be that would be on my tombstone. Speed 2 exists and should be viewed. <laughs> Here lies the body of Jeff <laughs> Yeah, that's it. All right. Shall we wrap it up? I'm wrapped. Rudy, are you wrapped? I'm wrapped. I'm, I'm wrapped. Well, you that's a wrap and a half. We'll see you guys next time. Speed 2 Cruise Control. How do you like your vacation so far? Man, I just bought a condo here. Speed, speed, speed and away with you. Speed, speed, speed and away with you. Off on a cruise and nothing to lose. Knowing how to drive and I'm feeling alive. Nobody knows if he's gonna propose, but we gotta stop a plot by Willem Dafoe. I know for sure, wanna be Mr. Shaw, but this cruise is out of control. Gotta get my chainsaw. Pour myself a drink and take to the deck Gonna put on Calypso and jive, jive And jive speedin' away with you Speedin' away with you I am speedin' away with you Speed